one news talk station. FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT Burlington. Welcome welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here and joining us in studio now. You know him. He gets you going one way or the other. It's National Republican Committee man Jay Shepard. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Anthony. Great to be on again. A lot of uh, excitement going on in the world. And uh, I, I want to start off by saying, you know, 9-11 is uh, something we should think about constantly, that it can't go away from our, our psyche and, and what it did to our country, both good and bad. Uh, the devastation and the terror that it brought to us was overwhelming, but the country came together back in 2001, and it's something that we need to be doing today. We've got a lot of challenges, a lot of things that are hidden. They're not as a direct hit as 9-11-2001 was, but we certainly need to come together as a country, and I think we showed that we can. Uh, let's let's not have something terrible happen to bring us together. Let's find something else that we'll, we can get together and make a difference with. Do you think, and we all should be remembering on this day, September, September 11th, 22 years ago, and the mantra always was, we will never forget. But do you think some people have forgotten? Oh, many people have forgotten. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, even go back to the Holocaust, you know, and they, they're trying to just take that away from uh, history books and all of that. 9-11 happened there's so many people now who are you know in their 20s they're getting out of college right now that were not even alive during those days and we need to we need to show the photos we need to show the video of us being attacked and uh, talk about the heroism of some of the people especially you know the fire departments in new york city that's heroism that that comes to them that they step up and they do the right thing when they need to and we can't forget that heroism and, and the greatness of so many people at Back then. As they say, when other people are running out of the buildings, they're running into them. Absolutely. And, of course, our Green Mountain boys were up in the air over New York that day. Yeah, they were, they were the first ones up, so they were ready as well. Um, it's it just we have to keep telling the stories because we, we need – It's you know we talked about the greatest generation from World War II, but the greatest generation uh, steps up whenever America needs it. And I think uh, we're getting to the point where we need uh, Americans to step up to start making a difference. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, guys. Um, I just, on uh, off subject, I guess, but um, why do we continue to do space exploration? What is the purpose of that? All that money that could be spent on the poor and the needy um, and a lot of things. Why do we do it? All right. Let's what ask Jay. Think? Jay, what's the age-old question that always comes up? Like, why don't we just stop going into space and the space exploration program uh, and spend all the money here? Well, I think some of the, there's some real challenges. It's interesting to see India being involved and China's always been involved and uh, Russia and previous the Soviet Union have been involved in, in space exploration. I think one of the big points is, from a military point of view, the power and with lasers and with different types of... Uh, scientific breakthroughs that we need to keep up with what our adversaries are doing uh whether it's space exploration to to test new products or new scientific discoveries that's a different area that i'm not really sure about whether we should continue but we absolutely have to be involved in uh the space race in terms of the military and the strategic uh initiatives that are out there 
Jay, let's talk about the uh, president's trip right now. President Biden over in Vietnam and had a rambling sort of incoherent press conference where he was quickly ushered off the stage and he he mumbled something about uh, needing to go to bed. Now, of course, there is jet lag, right, uh, for anybody doing these trips, but you... What what do you think about the president's latest press conference? I, I think it's a continua, uh, continuation of an embarrassment. Uh, he's embarrassing our country nationally. And it's it's one thing with public perception and all of that. But it's another thing to show our adversaries and in in even people who aren't our adversaries. Uh, this is a G20 meeting. We're talking about uh, trade. We're talking about international commerce. And it is a weakness. And we are being taken down because people are taking advantage of this president and he's putting on a show each and every day uh, of the weakness that he has and the weakness that it projects for America. It's difficult to watch. It's really sad. And, and yeah. you know, there's a, a thing where he's in the middle of a, an award for a Congressional Medal of Honor where he just walks out on the, the last, American hero. No respect that. whatsoever for the office. Uh, no respect for the American people. Is he... There's his policies... Then there's, is he capable of continuing to be president throughout the rest of his term, let alone another four years? Well, who he is and his mental state and all of those kind of things, you have staff, you have all of that. What is really a problem is is his policies, you know, 7.5% interest rates on mortgages, you know, making families not being able to afford gasoline, uh, putting us in a position where, we're not gaining in this country. Things are going downhill, and it's slippery. And he doesn't have the capacity or the will to get it done. So I'm much more concerned about what his policies are rather than how he passes out in the middle of well, there a are meeting. there's obviously there's differences that people are going to agree or disagree on policies. We know where you would stand. Others like some of his policies. The people on his side are touting those. But there is a don't you think though there is a serious question about him on the national stage. Um, having press conferences like this and what it means on uh, around the world to see if uh, the national leader of the free world who is putting on performances like this? Well, and, and if you look at the adversaries, you look at, at China and they look at a vacuum. You look at Russia. They looked at the country as a, our country as a vacuum in, in leadership. They're going to fill that. Those voids are going to be taken advantage of. I mean, you're looking at the alliances, <clears throat> excuse me, they had access of evil in terms of Iran, North Korea, Russia, China. They're coming after us. And you're absolutely right, Kurt. We need to step up. This man is not capable of leading this country. Uh, he wasn't capable when he was elected, and he certainly is not capable to be reelected. All right. Well, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, don't forget to mention that Biden also brought out the lying dog face pony soldier <laughs> line again against climate deniers in that speech in Vietnam. He did. But so weird. Jay, he, yeah, he did. Uh, Jay, you mentioned that, that uh, Biden's an embarrassment. You know, true, he is, but it's much worse than that. He is damaging this country because he is surrounded by, controlled by, and the decision makers in his administration are ultra left wing radical progressives. That's who's calling the shots in this country now. It's as if Montpelier is running the country. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right, caller. You know, this is Obama 3.0. It's the same group of people that are involved, and they're taking us down this road. 
you know, the Trump presidency took them off the rails for a little while and actually did make America great again. And we need that same kind of leadership coming back in 2024. I'm not saying it has to be President Trump, but it has to be a Republican that's going to make a difference. Each and every one of the 10 candidates that are running for president on the Republican side will at least stabilize this country and, and stop this tremendous decline that's going on. And it doesn't matter who it is on the left. It doesn't matter if it's Newsom. It doesn't matter if it's Kamala. It doesn't matter who it is on the left. They all have the same policies. It's all Obama 3.0 that is taking this country and throwing it in the gutter. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, Mr. Shepard. Good morning. Hey, um, I believe uh, the real problem is the Democratic agenda. I don't believe Biden is any more dangerous than a cucumber in, in and of himself because he doesn't have any more presence than a cucumber. But I think the Democrat agenda is actually the destroying of the Constitution. And uh, I think there's ample evidence of that. If you look at what they're doing with the First Amendment, and what they want to destroy the Electoral College and have mob rule, and just recently, what that governor of New Mexico did is blatantly unconstitutional, and there is no way other than using far-out emotional arguments to defend that. And I think she should be removed from office and arrested immediately before this continues, or we're going down the toilet. I absolutely agree with you, caller. Uh, and I agree with your dogs as well. We need to be out there barking <laughs> a little bit. I mean, what what happened with Grisham in uh, New Mexico is a horror story. She needs to be ta- uh, removed from office immediately. To say, come out and say that the Constitution has no authority, that she has more authority than the Constitution of the United States, she's breaking the law, she's a tyrant, and she needs to be removed immediately. I wonder what uh, Phil Baruth and Jill Kerwinsky think of her. I, I'm sure they believe that they are smarter than the Constitution, that they are smarter than what, it, what has made this the greatest country in the face of the earth over the last 2,000 years. Uh, they're destroying it internally, they're trying to destroy it externally, and they're allowing things to happen that just go are so anti-American, it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, just to go back to the, uh, the lying dog-faced pony soldiers um, uh, and... Uh... He Biden continued. You know, he, he talked about uh, Indians and John Wayne, uh, and then he was heard uh, joking about the softball questions from the approved list of reporters. This is on the international stage. This is, I mean, I, I, I everybody sees everything now. The globe is a lot smaller, but I never thought in my life that agree or disagree politically uh, that I would see a president of the United States doing these things in public. Did you? Well, the sad part is uh, all the indicators were there. This has been uh, a person who's been a chronic liar for a number of years. He makes up stories. He tells stories about himself. Uh, He is so far off the rails in his connection with reality that it's scary. And and we really need to do something as a country. And, you know, I I know a lot of people uh, out there are saying, you know, well, Donald Trump's not the answer. Well, Donald Trump is the solution. As as are the other nine candidates, so we cannot afford to have a continuation of this Biden uh, horror story going forward, whether it's Biden leading it or someone else. Jay, why do you think the Democrats are so intent? I don't know that their voters are, but you have polls that show almost seventy percent of Democratic voters don't want Joe Biden to be their nominee. Why do you think the party is so insistent on moving forward with him? 
Well, I, I think at, at least apparently at this point. Well, they're they're afraid of change, and the other part of it is is there's no one else out there that steps up that's an automatic leader. I mean, they're still talking about Michelle Obama. Uh, and all the ho- all the things that are going with the the whole Obama thing and the Tucker Carlson and all of those issues that are coming up, there's there's no place for them to go from Biden. And each and every person that's part of the administration right now will be swapped out and changed over. So the leadership in Washington doesn't want to change. The American people do, whether you're a Republican or Democrat. Uh, but those in power don't want to lose the power that they have. And one of the things you, you don't see on a regular basis is the amount of power that people with an administration have uh, and the egos that will be offend, affected and offended uh, if you make a changeover. Now, just to be fair, because I, I agree with the callers you know, about the New Mexico governor basic, basically suspending rights in the Constitution, but uh, what about Donald Trump at one point also suggested that we could um, – suspend the constitution and reinstall him as president because he f- thinks that the re- election was rigged well i i think there's a difference between you know conversations and 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 making statements to move the ball in one way or, or another and there's a, it's completely different when you are in office and you are elected and you actually call for the suspension of it and put it into place i mean fortunately the sheriffs in new mexico are saying hey lady we're not doing this uh, so there is some protection there. There's some oversight, and she's not going to get away with it, and they should impeach her immediately. Uh, but there's a, bit, there's a whole lot of things in politics where people say things that aren't necessarily what the intent is. But in this particular case, the governor of New Mexico intentionally has said, I'm going to suspend the First and Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. All right. We've got a big debate coming up in another couple of weeks. What is it, on the 27th? It is. 27th. So, will now Trump is not going to attend that one either, right? That's what we're told. Do you think he's going to have another big event to try to sort of sidetrack the people from watching that one so much? I would assume that he would be looking for attention outside of uh, the debate. Um, well, let's go to the phones first, because uh, I want to talk to you about the debate. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about Joe Biden. I saw a thing, and I think it was a reporter from CNN, it wasn't anybody from Fox, was interviewing Kamala there and asked you know, this question about, well, so like, aren't you people discounting Trump or maybe you should be more worried about him? And she goes, well, I don't understand the question. <laughs> so the lady looks at her and says it again. She says, well, we're going to win. And that was her answer. We're going to win. She didn't have anything else to say. Now, there's another thing as part of the country, and I know people think they're in a grieved group, are the transgenders. I had two friends that were at the fair a week ago Sunday. They were at the Trump booth. People were signing petitions, and this other friend of theirs came up. There were two ladies there. Some young lady with, you know, purple hair and a ring in her nose and all that walks past glaring at him. And she comes back and says, do you want to have a discussion? So the ladies say, okay. And she just launches into this tirade. Your president never did anything. I'm transgender and gay and non-binary and yada, yada, yada. Then she goes away and brings some guy back. And he's a trans, she's a transgender woman and she has a penis. And I'm a transgender man and I have a vagina. Then she points at my friend's wife and says, that's a man. 
And she points to the two guys and said, they're women. And one of the ladies said, you're just a disturbed young lady. And then she went off swearing and cursing at him, and they finally just told her, get out of here. If these people really want somebody to take them seriously, they just can't go off the handle like that all the time. I mean, they think they're a privileged group, so they can crap on everybody they want. That's at least my opinion. Jay? Well, I want to go back to the Kamala Harris uh, answer when she said she didn't understand the question. Uh, she never understands the question, and the question, normally she answers anyways. Yes. So that's the answers that she gives versus the answers, the questions that are asked never seem to line up with each other. But her answers are very answering-like when she's questioned from questions quite often when she's questioned. So she answers with answers when she's questioned. Thank you, Mr. Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, I want to ask you about another thing. There was a, a former President Trump had a video released where he, comp- he complains about uh, COVID tyrants and governors that didn't uh, reopen their states on time, and there appeared to be, either they maybe have been taking shots at DeSantis, maybe Brian Kemp. I want to read to you what uh, Governor Georgia Brian Kemp said in response to that and get your reaction. Kemp says, The fact is, former President Trump led the opposition to my decision to reopen Georgia, the first state in the country to do so. Kemp wrote in a response to the video, the platform formerly known as Twitter, while he listened to Fauci, while he listened to Fauci and parroted media talking points, I listened to hardworking Georgians. He may not remember, but I sure as hell do. Ooh. What do you think about that? Uh, now my my Trump friends are going to be unhappy with me here on this, but tell it like it is. Uh, Governor Kemp uh, is telling the truth that Georgia was first and the leader in the nation in terms of staying open, and Florida was not far behind him. So there's a little revisionist history going on there. Uh, we have to keep in mind that Fauci was in his position the entire time during the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so President Trump was not perfect, but he was by and far one of the greatest presidents we've had in our lifetime. Uh, and uh, at the time, Trump said, I'm reading further into the story, he said he strongly disagreed with Kemp's decision to reopen at that time. Yes, and he was following Fauci advice at that time. And I think in retrospect, we look back and Fauci should have been fired and President Trump did not fire him. Uh, so, like I said, there were mistakes made, but certainly not anywhere to the degree of what's going on with this current administration and how this current administration is destroying America. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. <laughs> Good <You're> comeback. <laughs> live on the morning drive. Uh, good morning. I was wondering, is um, President Trump going to be on our um, Vermont ballot here? Absolutely. Okay. Well, okay. Let's, that's a great intro to the question, though. What do you think of the, uh, it seems like uh, the desperation of, of some folks just uh, trying to do whatever they possibly can to make sure that Trump isn't on the ballot. But there are some states that are talking about um, somehow uh, precluding but, a former president from being on the ballot. There's nothing in the 14th Amendment that stops uh, President Trump from being on the ballot, and he'll be on the ballot in every state. What, uh, Jay, what do you think about uh, Nikki Haley, who seems to be getting some bump out of that last debate? Um, she, A lot of people feel like she is may- maybe emerging as the, as the main threat at some point. Well, I, I, think, I think there are five or six candidates that are 
fully capable of winning this election. And I think people are taking a look at them. They're getting to know them a little bit better. Uh, you know, you still have to look at uh, Donald Trump being way out in the lead in most of the states coming up. You know, the first uh, caucus is January 15th in Iowa. A lot can happen between now and then. Uh, Nikki Haley has certainly done a, a very good job following up. And one, of, one of the things I want to look back to is the 2015 when Carly Fiorina did extremely well in the debates, too. But between the debates, she fell back that she didn't have the staff or the organization or, quite honestly, the, the ability to deal with uh, organizations or she didn't have the resume that uh, Nikki Haley has. But in between the debates, Nikki Haley has actually gained, which is completely different than where Carly Fiorina did after great performances in the debate. There are some great people running for president. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, gentlemen. So I watched um, the speech that President Trump gave in North Dakota, and I enjoyed it very much. Two things that, that stuck out in my mind was one where uh, President Trump said, you know, good or bad, whether you like me or not, good or bad, he says, at least you know what you're getting. And I totally agree with that. We know what he's done for our country, and he did help us out a lot. And the second part of the speech was, you know, he says, they're coming after you, but I would rather it be me than you. When he was talking about how they're all coming after him with all the indictments and and everything that they're trying to come up with all the time, and you know, I I thought those were two very good uh, talking points. I thought that was important that, to hear him say those things. So I just wanted to throw that out there and uh, encourage people to watch that speech if they can. All right, thanks, Pam. Any comment on that, Jay, at all? You know, she's absolutely right. We do know what we get with Donald Trump, but I think we also uh, know what we're going to get with the other Republican candidates as well. Uh, they've served in office. They've uh, fought uh, against the liberalism that that has tried to take over their states if they were governor. Uh, so I think there's a lot to what she's saying. Uh, I, I go back to this country was great when Donald Trump was president. Jay, Republican reorg is coming up. Yes. Anything you have to... Tell us. Uh, just to let everyone know, so the Repub- every uh, two years, the state reorganizes the Republican Party, and it starts at the, sta- at the town level. So on September 12th and 19th, your town caucuses will meet, and you'll elect people to your town caucus committees. In October, you'll also have those who are members of the town will elect people to go to the county committees. And in November, people who are in the county committees elect people that will go and elect a state committee. And what they'll be doing is they'll be electing a new chair of the party, uh, vice chair of the party, treasurer, secretary, and and a couple of other positions. So we reorganize the entire party. In my particular case, uh, I am not up for re-election until next April, uh, which is the same time that we elect people to the uh, presidential uh, convention. So it's really important that you get involved right now uh, because you can't be involved in the state committee or the county committee unless you get involved in the town committees that are coming up uh, in Vermont on the 12th and the 19th. And will you be seeking re-election in April? Uh, As of right now, I have no intention of running for re-election. So here's my big question for you, though. If I'm no longer national committee man, are you still going to have me on the oh, show? Oh, here's the big question. Mm. So, Jay, how many years as national Republican uh, committee It's man? been 11 now. Uh, my, the 
election for national committee man will be in April, but my term will end and I will leave after the next convention in July of 2024. Ah, so this is it. So no I think Kurt Wright gonna... would be an excellent uh, Oh, replacement. no, no, he wouldn't. He I mean, wouldn't. <laughs> a guy who loves politics to get to meet and uh, actually fight for a difference. And one of the things that's been really important is that we need change in the party. And I've been fighting at the national level. Uh, I was the first one to come out asking for change uh, in leadership at the RNC. If I, People need to keep in mind that it's a very expensive job, that it's ten to $15,000 a year. It takes time away from your business. That's why I'm and, out. And if you're fully if you're fully committed to the job, you're talking almost a full time job. Yeah. yeah, you heard it here first. Jay Shepard, eleven went on twelve years as National Republican Committee man for the Vermont State Republican Party. Not going to seek reelection next spring. All right, Adjutant 